Anyway, we're, uh, we're so glad to be here. Uh, we certainly value our connection and relationship with Pastor James and Sarah and the pastoral team here and, and all of you. Uh, it's always good to come back and, and be with you. Always feel right at home. You know, the, the amazing thing is about a local church like Hope City, many uh, people are being reached and ministered to right here at Hope City Church and where you reach out to. Uh, that's always amazes me and always blesses me to see local churches reach out. And then the word of God is being faithfully preached here week after week. I listened to Pastor James' message from last week. Uh, don't forget, don't miss the common. Twelve, <laughs> Twelve miraculous things around the birth of Jesus and uh, love the message. So people's lives are being impacted here uh, by the gospel through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Eternity will reveal the many lives that are being touched for the grace of God, for the, uh, for the lives, and through your lives in your sphere of influence. You know, when you go out of here, after you hear a message and you get together with the people, then you influence people wherever you are. So are you all ready for Christmas? No? Uh, we're not either. But we're, we're, we were driving up here this morning and on a sign, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't even say this, I don't know. <laughs> on a sign at a firehouse, it said, if, if grandma gets run over with reindeer, we'll be right there. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I should, probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> sorry, grandmas. <laughs> but that's a song, isn't it? Anyway, I just kind of thought it was funny. You know, some people start decorating for Christmas even before Thanksgiving. In October. Any of you do that? You do that, Sarah? Really? Before Thanksgiving? Oh, my. Yeah. But everybody does it differently. You know, we still, we don't even have our tree up yet. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. Maybe, maybe our Amish and Mennonite backgrounds, uh, maybe we're not, uh, you know, that elaborate in our, <laughs> in our decorating like some of you. Like one house in our neighborhood, they, they light up the whole neighborhood. I mean, they have everything, it seems like, everything in their front yard. All these inflatables, you know, an inflatable nativity scene, an inflatable Santa Claus, inflatable angels, inflatable candles. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I'm going by there, I'm thinking, that's not even nice. I'm sorry. I hope you're not here. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it looks a little ridiculous to me, but hey, whatever floats your boat. So uh, Christmas is family, you know, should be. I realize there's some people that don't have family. So I always want to be sensitive to that when I say those kind of things. But we have 22 in our family, our little family. And uh, whenever we get together, I always share the Christmas story. I want my grandkids and my great-grandkids to know what Christmas is all about. I don't want that ever to be forgotten, ever. <laughs> so I have this little uh, storybook. It's called The Crippled Lamb. You may want to look for it. The Crippled Lamb, it's a really cool story. 
that you can share with, with kids and it brings out uh, the Christmas story. But when my extended family gets together, we don't, <laughs> we don't always get together on Christmas. It's just too many people. You know, I'm the oldest of 12 and all of our families and all of our grandkids, and now some of us are having great-grandkids, there's over 200 when we all come together. So we, so we have to rent a place. I don't know if it's praise God or not, but we have to rent a place. We have to rent a place. We have to rent a place. No, I guess it's praise God. So anyway, I just got back from India a few weeks ago. Somebody, somebody said to me recently, well, how's retirement? You know, we pastored, like Pastor James said, we pastored Worship Center for 40 years. And then five and a half years ago, we uh, handed the, the lead pastor role over to Matt Milan. And so he's been pastoring there now for uh, five and a half years. That's still our church when we're not out ministering. Worship Center has uh, many churches, and so we try to get to them once or twice a year and, and um, other churches up throughout the Northeast. We are regional directors for Rama. I don't know if you're familiar with Rama Bible College. That's where I graduated from. And um, did you graduate from there too? No, you didn't. You should have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, we travel almost every week. We're preaching somewhere. And um, when we're not preaching, we're at home, at our home church, at Worship Center, cheering on Matt Milan. He's doing a great job. Uh, we still travel across the pond sometimes. We went to India a couple weeks ago. My sister Sadie and I uh, went. We did... Uh, two pastors conferences we preached in three churches and we each did a 12 and a half hour course in a rhema bible campus there and i think we each preached 18 times <laughs> and by the way she is amazing and um so if you ever need some a teacher she's somebody to consider she's she's great so India really needs the gospel just like many other places, but India, you know, is the second, second, second. Do you want to come up and do this? The second highest population uh, in the world. China is number one, and India has 1.4 billion people. And they estimate, it's hard to tell because there's a lot of persecution in India in some states right now, so there's a lot of house churches, a lot of secret churches, you know, and, and uh, it's hard to tell what percentage are Christians, but probably somewhere between 5 and 7%. And so there's a lot of work to do, you know, just like many other places in the world. And uh, they, have, they have all kinds of gods there in, in India, you know, Hinduism. I don't know, 300,000 gods or something like that. Anyway, uh, it's always good. That was my 22nd trip to India. I love that. I don't know if God puts certain uh, nations on your heart or not. I don't know, maybe. But I cer certainly love to go to India. I love those people. Anyway, I listened to Pastor James' message from last Sunday. And don't miss the common. It's a great message. Twelve supernatural things that uh, happened around the birth of Jesus. You know, the virgin birth is so amazing. That's an amazing miracle. But I think I'll let Pastor James continue the message about Christmas. And I'd like to talk to you today about 
keeping the vision in challenging times. Keeping the vision in challenging times. Looking, you know, we're approaching a new year. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's always good to, um, you know, think about vision, think about my life, think about uh, what are some things I'd like to see changed in my life and things like that. And um, so I want to talk about keeping the vision in challenging times. And I'd like to go to Genesis chapter 13, Genesis 13, and a little background here. God had told Abram. Abram, before he was called Abraham, uh, to go to leave his family, leave his home country, and go to another land. And God says, go to a place that I will show you. So Abram, he had to be obedient before he even knew where God was going to take him. And so as they were going, and his nephew Lot went with him, and they both were very wealthy people. They had lots of herds, lots of cattle, uh, lots of herdsmen, big families. And so they were all uh, traveling together. And there started to be disputes among the herdsmen, uh, uh, between her, uh, Lot's herdsmen and Abram's herdsmen. It says disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. Finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we're close relatives. Did you ever have, you ever have conflict with your close relatives? That's not funny, but... The whole countryside is open to you, Abram said. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate if you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Abram was a very generous man. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the Garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Now, here's what I want you to see. Needed that little background. After Lot had gone... The Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction for I'm giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. And every time it talks about Abram building an altar to the Lord, that signified his relationship uh, with God. So this was a very difficult time for Abram. Strife and conflict among their employees. And Abram recognized 
that this kind of conflict had the potential to destroy or harm the very thing and the very vision that God had given him and the very journey that God, God had given him. Strife and conflict, he knew that strife and conflict could stop all that. And we, we know that from uh, conflict in our families. We know that from conflict in our churches sometimes. That when you have conflict, it can stop things. It can stifle vision. It can, it can jar vision. But right in the middle of all this conflict, God told Abram to look up and look around. Look up and look around. We live in a day that there's a whole lot of conflict and unrest in our world. A lot of political divides, a lot of lawlessness, a lot of ungodliness and evil in, this, in our society, and a lot of different opinions in the body of Christ that has tried to bring division over the last couple years. It's not really anything new, though. You know, sometimes we think what we're going through is the worst that the world ever experienced. But really, I was just, I was just, uh, I went to see, I heard the bells, or we did, by Sight and Sound. And what an amazing film, and it's about the Civil War. And I thought, wow, we think we have it bad. You know, so sometimes we need to look at history and realize that what we're going through is not as bad as it seems. However, it does seem more intensified today in some areas, in some ways. But I want to remind us that regardless of what's going on, this is the day for the church to rise, to shine. For the church to rise up and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and for us to infuse the love of God into our communities and our neighbors and the workplace and everywhere we go. That's our mission. That's the Great Commission. And every local church, that's part of their vision and mission. If it's not, it should be. So this is the day for the church to have vision. God said to Abram, I want to give you what you can see. And I don't think that he just meant these physical eyes. I think he was talking about the eyes of his spirit. He was talking to Abram, whatever you can see with your heart, with your spirit, whatever you can see with the eyes of your spirit, that's what I want to give you. And that's a good word for us today and a good question to ask all of us. What do you see? What do you see for your life? What do you see for Hope City Church? Because God wants to give you what you can see. With the eyes of the Spirit. Are you here today? God wants to give us what we can see. With the eyes of our Spirit. For this church. And for our personal lives. Now maybe you find yourself in a place of, of conflict today. Or lack. Or trouble. I don't know. But God is saying lift up your eyes. Right in the middle of that. I want to give you what you can see. You might say, well, Pastor Sam, how do I change what I see? Because my circumstances and situations in life, that's all I can see. 
That's all I can see. And that's the way it is sometimes. When you're going through a tough time uh, as an individual, that you just, you're just looking at that. But God's saying, lift up your eyes, and I want to give you vision, because vision will get you out of that. Vision will help you bring out of that situation. And so we need to lift up our eyes and find out what the Bible says, what the Word says about your situation and lift our eyes to that. <laughs> Are you here today? Yes. Lift our eyes to what the Word says about our situation. I'll never forget going to Bible school. One of the main things that, that we learned there was, of course, the importance of the Word of God and having faith in God's Word. And so whenever, and we were taught, whenever... Uh, you're faced with a seemingly impossible situation in your life, you find scriptures that pertain to your situation and begin to believe them and begin to declare them over your life. I remember, uh, you know, many years ago, we had a little boy. He, his name was Christopher. He got out on the road when he was 16 months old and he... Uh, walked out in front of a vehicle and, and was hit and died uh, as a 16-month-old. Months old. That was the worst day of our lives. And, um, you know, I would not um, want anybody to go through that, although other people have. And um, so God blessed us with another son. And uh, when he was 16 months old, I was attacked with fear that something would happen to him. I couldn't even go to work for a couple days. I just, I just had to keep my eyes on him. And it was like the enemy was saying something's going to happen to him, just like it did to Christopher. Something's going to happen to Jamie. Something's going to happen to him. You better keep your eyes on him. Better keep your eyes on him. And that's just the enemy shooting all those kind of lies in there. And so as I was going through that and paralyzed by it for several days, then I remembered what I was taught in Bible school. Find scriptures that, have, that pertain to your situation. So I found two scriptures that brought me out of that. One was a song that we were singing this morning. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And then it says the second part of that verse says, You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. And so that voice that was raising up, raised up in my mind to accuse me, I had to silence that. And the way to silence it was to speak, no weapon formed against me will prosper. That had to be louder than the voice coming in from the outside. And then the other one was, my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So just by using those two scriptures, uh, it helped me overcome that time of paralyzing fear. So we need to use, lift our eyes to God's word. When our circumstances are, are, are thick and we just want to look there, we have to lift our eyes to God's word. Can I have an amen today? Amen. You know, there are many distractions uh, for a church and for us as individuals 
many distractions the last couple of years especially. And so we have to keep our eyes on the vision uh, of what God gave us. You know, envision for a church, I learned through 40 years of pastoring, does not have to be complicated. You know, it's, it's simply preaching the word, making disciples, and serving our world, reaching our world. It doesn't have to be complicated. And so that's what I'm speaking to Hope City today. Keep the vision for what? Number one, for the harvest. Keep the vision for the harvest. When you're thinking about moving ahead, keep the vision for the harvest to reach the lost with the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's not complicated, is it? That's number one. Somebody said, well, Pastor Sam, what about discipleship? <laughs> one time I was, I was preaching that, and somebody came up and said, what about discipleship? I said, yeah, but you, don't, you can't disciple anybody if you don't have anybody. Right? So first, you have to have somebody. First, you have to reach them. That has to be number one. And you can disagree, but that's all right. But that, to me, that has to be number one in any local church to reach the lost. And then as the lost are reached and they come into the church, then you begin to help them build their lives on the word of God. Jesus said, don't say there's still four months and then comes the harvest. He said, look around, lift up your eyes, it says in one, in one translation. Lift up your eyes and look around and see that the fields are already ripe for harvest. You know, and, and sometimes when we talk about harvest, we just think like, like it's, it's, it's just vague. You know, it's just, it's just the church somehow reaching people. No, it's individuals in the church reaching people and bringing them to the church. It's not just this vague thing, oh, yeah, we're excited about the harvest. Or we're praying about the harvest. Well, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray about the harvest, but really the more important thing is for us to be the reapers, to go out every day and, and say, Lord, what can I do today? Who can I reach today? Who can I talk to today? A couple weeks ago, Sherilyn and I were, were um, visiting someone in their home. They had called us up and said, hey, would you stop by the house? Uh, this, this lady was dealing with some intense depression. And um, so we said, okay, we'll stop by. And so we stopped by. We, we were talking to him. And right in the middle of it, Sherlin said to them, um, you know, Sherlin's really bold, more than I am. And she said, have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, uh, what's that? No, she said, have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? She said, no, I don't think so. And, they, and Sherlin said, would you like to be? And we talked a little bit about what it is. Would you like to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? And, and they said, well, yes, we would. And so we prayed for them. We just were visiting in their home. Just visiting in their home. And we, you know, prayed for them. And they were gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit. Began to, the, the Holy Spirit gave them a prayer language. And they were <laughs> speaking in tongues. It was amazing. And just yesterday... We were in a, at a, coming out of a restaurant. There was another couple coming in, and the, the, the lady was, was pregnant, and then we talked to them a little bit, and they said, they're, um, you know, she's due any day. And, uh, and then um, Sherilyn just blurted out, she said, can I pray for you? 
right in the middle of a parking lot. So we prayed for her, you know, that she would have a safe, sound delivery and a healthy baby and, and all of that. And uh, they were blessed. But that's what I mean by being the reapers. You know, you don't necessarily have to know the Roman road. It's good to know scriptures and how to share with people. That's good. And we should know when we have an opportunity. You know, and really, sometimes people say, well, Pastor Sam, I'm just not evangelistically motivated. <laughs> you don't have to be evangelistically motivated. You just have to share your story and be concerned about people's eternal destiny. And if we're not concerned about people's eternal destiny, then we need to pray and say, Lord, give me a compassion and a concern about people's eternal destiny. So that when I have an opportunity, that I will be bold and give me boldness, that I'll be bold enough to say something. And most people in the world will not turn down prayer. Jesus said to his disciples when he was calling them, he says, uh, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. One translation says, I will show you how to be fishers of men. And then I thought, I wonder how he showed them. And then the thought came to me, well, the Bible says that he went, he went about filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, where is that? Acts 10, 38, how Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So it was him showing his disciples as he was going around uh, ministering to people. And that's for us today. We're the ones now filled with the Holy Spirit. We're the ones filled with his power, right? Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. That was Jesus talking, but now he's in heaven, but we're his body on the earth. So we can proclaim, not arrogantly, but we can say confidently, the spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. Yes. To heal the brokenhearted. To set free the oppressed. To put at liberty those that are bruised. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen? Yes. So maintain, Hope City, Hope City, uh, maintain, keep the vision for the harvest. Renew the vision for the harvest. I know you have a vision for the harvest, but I'm just telling you again anyhow. Because we all need to be reminded. Amen? Second, keep the vision for sound Bible teaching. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. And I, I, know, I know Pastor James, and I know the people that preach here. You preach the word. Keep that vision. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get distracted by conspiracy theories and all this kind of stuff. No, keep your eye. Keep your eye. Just do not be distracted from sound Bible teaching. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Keep the vision for this. Hope City, congregation, have a hunger for the word of God. 
Read the word. Study the word. Listen to the word. Come to church every week. Hear the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then you'll be equipped when troubles. Did you notice I said when, not if. When troubles come our way, we'll be equipped when we are people of the word. I have a Bible reading plan every year. It's time to renew that, almost 2023. So I always put down, write down what I'm going to read every day. And uh, so I encourage you to do that too. You know, have a, have a, 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 a systematic way to read the Bible. It's a good habit to have. It's actually needed for your spiritual life. Believe the word. Speak the word. Have a vision to come just, just to have sound Bible teaching. Down-to-earth Bible teaching. Well, you know, Pastor Sam, I just want some kind of new revelation. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just, just keep your eyes on the good, solid word. You know, you can't build a church on frill, frills and thrills. Not wrong, nothing wrong with frills and thrills from time to time. But you can't build a church on that. No. You can't build a church on the crowds that you get when a guest speaker comes. No. You build your church on the people that are here Sunday after Sunday. And you help people build their life. That's the one thing that I wanted to do, Pastor James, when I came back from Bible school 45 years ago. Imagine that, 45 years ago. I wanted to help people build, build, brick upon brick, build their lives on the Word of God. I didn't care so much about all the spectacular stuff. It's okay, but that's not what's going to build the church. That's not what's going to build our lives. Our lives are built brick by brick, just like you build a building. <laughs> it, didn't go, it didn't go over so big, did it? But anyway. <laughs> In 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4, it says this. If you look at verse 13, you know, Pastor James, you need more light up here. I'm in denial. I'm in denial that I need reading glasses. <laughs> I even got a big print Bible. And I'm still struggling up here. He says, this is Paul, Paul talking to Timothy. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Keep a close watch on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and for the salvation of those who hear you. Sound teaching. Sound teaching is so much um, a necessity 
in a church today. Keep the vision for the harvest. Keep the vision for sound teaching. And then keep the vision for building up the body of Christ. Now you might say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we are to love one another. We are to care about one another. We are to be a place where people come to and feel welcome and feel accepted. You know, we, that doesn't mean that we uh, agree with people's sin or lifestyle, but it does mean we accept people and we love them right where they're at. I'm glad that somebody loved me right where I was at when I was not at a good place. <laughs> I'm glad that my parents loved me. You know, when I, when I turned 16, you know, when you're, when you're raised Amish like I was, when you turn 16, you kind of feel like you have this, this, this um, uh, badge of freedom. And, but it's the wrong kind of freedom. You just get out there and you start partying. Did you know that the Amish young people party? Huh? Did you know that? How did you know that? I was there. I was there. And I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I was there. I remember, I remember the very first party I went to. I came home from the party with my cousin who was drunk driving. And I went, went to his house. He parked the car. We got home safely. And um, probably because of my mom's prayers, so I walked from their place to our farms a half a mile in, in, at 3 o'clock in the morning in the dark through the fields. I remember this little voice saying, this is not for you. This is not for you. But I kept on doing it for eight years. Sin will always keep you longer than you want to stay. I stayed there for eight years, never got saved till I was 24. And went through some really, really uh, tough times. What was the point I was trying to make? <laughs> when I got out there. <laughs> what was the point I was trying to make? <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah. Care for one another. And it needs to, it need, thank you, it needs to be a place where people feel accepted. That was the point. But I always felt accepted by my parents. They never, they never um, uh, locked me out. They never pushed me out of the house like some uh, in our tradition would have and still do. They allowed me to keep my car at the house, which they got criticized for. And, but they always felt accepted. And I think that love is what kept me even though I was out there in the world for such a long time. In fact, when I got, when I'd come home drunk at age 18, my mom, I would, I'd come home and my, my bedroom was on the second floor and I couldn't negotiate the steps. And my mom would hear me stumble around and I'd have to walk past their bedroom and the door was always open like that. And she'd come out, Pastor James, and would put her, her arm or my arm around her and help me up the steps and tuck me in at age 18. And the next day, say nothing. 
nothing. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should do that. I don't know. But that was the kind of unconditional love that I needed. And that's the kind of unconditional love that we need to have for one another. In a body of believers like Hope City. A family. Building up the body of Christ. Here. In this local church. And then the fourth. And, and if you want to. A, a scripture. I'm not going to take the time to read it now. But in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to the end of the chapter. It's a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. If, you would, if I could challenge you to look at that and read that for yourself and for the church. It's amazing the difference that that would make in a body of believers. Now, I'm not implying that there's problems here. I'm not implying that at all. I'm just saying that we want... A, a, a body of believers to continue to be built up and to have Hope City Church to continue to be a strong group of people that are like a family working together to fulfill the vision that God put here. And that's my fourth point in having, keeping the vision for, and that is for everyone to be involved in the work of the ministry. Everybody has a gift. Well... Pastor Sam, I just don't know what my gift is. Well, don't let that keep you back. Just whenever there's a need in the church, volunteer to help. And as you volunteer to help, uh, your gift will shine. You'll begin to see where you flourish. you begin to see what you like to do. So whenever there's a, a need, just be the first one and say, I'll help. I'll be there. Keep the vision for the harvest. Keep the vision for sound Bible teaching. Keep the vision to build up the body. And keep the vision for everyone being involved to help fulfill the vision and the mission that God has put here at Hope City Church. I know there's many similarities in churches. But every church does have its own style. It has its own personality. It has its uniqueness about its vision, even though there are some generalities that every church has. But everybody has, has, has every church also has its uniqueness and a specific vision and call uh, uh, from God to fulfill. Amen? Amen. I want, in closing, I want to read uh, from Acts chapter 2. Uh, I love this scripture, Acts 2. Um, it was the church at the beginning stages of the church. It's where uh, Peter stood up and preached on the day of Pentecost. It says those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. That must have been an exciting day for them. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day... The Lord added to their fellowship those 
who were being saved. That's a picture of the church. That's the picture of every local church, including Hope City Church right here. That's a picture. There was a hunger for the things of God. There was a love for one another. There was a hunger to see miracles and signs and wonders. There was a passion for praying. Pastor James talked about passion last week. There was fellowship in the church and in the homes. Unbelievers took notice and people were being saved every day. Isn't that amazing? This is every local church, including this one right here. Keep the vision in this day and hour. Without a vision, the people perish. That word perish means that we're without it. When we don't have vision in life, we're, we're like loosened or we're drift aimlessly or we slowly wither inside or we become hopeless. But with a vision, we're energized and we begin to rise up and do, fulfill what God has called us to do. Amen. And when I was praying this morning, um, a couple things came to me for you as a church. One, one thing that came up was, and I don't know, maybe there's um, a number of you, but it, I, I got this phrase, strained family relationships. Strained family relationships. So um, how many of you would say to me, Pastor Sam, I, we, we do have some strained family relationships. I see your hands. I want to pray in a moment. And then I, I, I thought about people in our families, in our, in our family too, that are not yet a Christian. And you know, um, over the holidays, it does seem like people's hearts are more soft, usually. And um, so how do we reach out to them? You know, what do we say or do we not say anything? You know, those kind of things. How many of you have an unsaved uh, family member? Yeah, most of us. Most of us. But God wants our families whole. He really does. He wants our families whole. And then I felt to say this. As a church, don't compare yourself with other churches. Be faithful to your assignment. God has given you. The Bible says one uh, plants, another one waters, but God gives the increase. Sometimes I think we put too much emphasis and focus on numerical growth. Now we all want numerical growth. Don't misunderstand me. We want to see more people come. But there's also the other side that Pastor James was talking about last week, growth, the common. We look at that as common. You know, just, we don't see that as an exciting thing, but it is. It is. But if we, if we take care of each other and take care of who God brings to Hope City, we plant, we water, and God brings the increase. And don't compare yourself with other churches. Sometimes we see a church that's growing faster than ours. I remember years ago, it didn't stop bother me. Until one day, the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me and said, don't compare yourself with anybody else. Just do what God has called you to do, and he'll bring the increase. 
Amen. Can we stand together? I want to pray. But first, first I want to pray um, with all of you because I don't know all of you and I don't know if all of you have ever received Christ as your Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And we can all pray this just so no one's praying alone. Uh, we can, or if you say, I need to rededicate my life, you can pray this prayer right now because God's waiting on you to come back. So can we just bow our heads and just all of us pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I believe he's the Son of God. I believe he came to this earth, gave his life, shed his blood on a cross for the forgiveness of my sin. I believe he was raised from the dead so that I can have eternal life. I received that today. I received Jesus into my heart. I believe that he is the Son of God. And I declare that he is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for, for changing my life. Now just keep your heads bowed. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for each person that raised their hand about strained family relationships. I pray that you would soften hearts, especially during this holiday season, during this Christmas season, that you would soften hearts. Lord, that you would bring families together. What seems impossible now, that you would soften hearts and bring people together. And then those that have unsaved, those in their family that are not yet in the, in, in the kingdom, just like Sherilyn and I do. Lord, we claim all of them for the kingdom of God. We pray that you would soften their hearts, open their spiritual eyes, open their spiritual ears. And Lord, if they're, if they're just not going to listen to family, then I pray that you would send someone across their path that they would listen to, that they could minister to. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And then, Lord, this word's coming to me, discouragement. If you're discouraged today, Father, I pray that you would fill that person or those individuals with joy in their heart. Because if you came there, you're the Prince of Peace. Lord, I pray that that discouraged person or persons would be filled with your joy afresh and anew today. Thank you, Father. And then I pray for Hope City Church. Lord, you've given them an assignment. You've given them a vision and a mission to accomplish right here in this area and wherever you lead them to reach out to. Lord, thank you for uh, Pastor James and Sarah and the, the whole team here and the congregation here and their faithfulness in being examples out there wherever we go and for leading this church in your ways. Thank you, Lord, for the vision of the harvest, sound Bible teaching, building up of the body of Christ and everyone being involved in fulfilling the vision. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you today. Let's just lift our hands and thank you this morning.
thank you, Father. We worship you and we praise you and we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.